Welcome back. It's an all-new episode of Island Fantasy Sports Inside Slant. IslandFantasySports.com and Blog Radio. Flying solo again today, fellas. Rick's still looking for bail. The guy just can't keep out of trouble. So, I don't know. Hopefully, we hear from him at some point. So, uh, Scott's a 50-50 shot later on. I believe he is cruising in the box. So, I hope he doesn't call in. I hope he enjoys that vacation. I'll do the best I can to keep the show afloat. Here's a ton of headlines, a ton of updates, starts and sits. We'll answer, answer the bag, answer any questions you have. So bear with me here. I'll try to keep up with the chat room, try to keep up with phone 646-478-4679. Feel free to drop in uh, and, and help me out here. We'll talk a little bit. So let's get right into it right off the top. Let's talk about the uh, Giants Redskins debacle. Boy, those Giants just, uh, or the Redskins, excuse me, just are who we thought they were. It's uh, looked real good in week two against a good St. Louis defense and sort of Kirk Cousins come crashing back to earth here last on Thursday night. Uh, comes out 30 of 49, 16, a lot of that in garbage time, which is just fine. Only a touchdown to two picks is what killed him there. I think the, the, Two takeaways from this game. Number one, I think the Giants are back. Victor Cruz looking to be back next week. Didn't have him this week. I think that only makes Odell better coming off a of 7 for 79 and a touchdown. I think you're going to see Odell Beckham with some more room, and he might start justifying that really high. In a lot of cases, first, they can spend on him. But let's jump back up to the Redskins running attack. This is, this is getting muddy. And Alfred Morris is one of those guys, one of the safe running backs you drafted, one of those late safe running backs I drafted, as a matter of fact. Only six carries, 18 yards. Meanwhile, Matt Jones, 11 carries, 38 yards, couldn't find the end zone, should have found the end zone, couldn't tuck the ball. He showed a propensity for putting the ball on the carpet, which has been his knock. And so you, when you're talking about a, a rookie running back, a young guy with fumble issues, that can keep them off the field. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. Chris Thompson, he's only two carries for nine yards, but on the field in every passing, in every situation, eight catches, 57 yards, and a garbage time touchdown. Not sure how he fits into all of this. You know, a lot of guys, Matt, waiver wire, darling, every starting him this week. Everybody recommending him as a start. It's going to be something to uh, watch going forward. According to Coach John Gruden, Alfred Morris is still the featured back. Says it was nothing against Alfred. It was just Matt Jones's turn on a couple of those reps, and we gave him carries. Alfred should be the lead dog, though. It just work out that way. Blame the situation. <clears throat> this is a bit of a mess. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, let, let's get off that. We got a chat room. Of, uh, a lot going on here. The phone's ringing. Uh, Sam Bradford or Tyrod Taylor today? That, that, that's that that's tough. Sam Bradford's been so bad, and that Jets defense is so good. It's you have you want to believe. And here here's what I keep here's what I going back to. I think at some point that is too skilled. We've seen what happens when that offense can get it rolling. They can be downright scary. Now we haven't necessarily seen it with with Sam Bradford, except for in the preseason. In the, in the preseason. That being said, here's where I'll, I'll hedge it. I'll couch it a little bit here. 
I think Bradford long-term is going to be okay. If you're willing to, to wait and say, all right, I'm going to need to see a week first. And that's how I, I almost take a bump one week. If this is the week Bradford breaks out, that this defense doesn't look like the defense that Bradford's going to break out against. I think it does happen eventually. I don't think they are ever who we expected them to be except for brief stretches. We've seen this with the Chip Kelly offense, with, with, the, with the old pieces as well. There are times when you watch that offense and you wonder how anybody's ever going to stop. Other times you wonder if they're ever going to score again, which is what we've seen seven of the eight quarters they've played so far this year, save for you know, most of that third quarter in the, in the Monday night opener. So, so Tyrod Taylor, he's going to turn the ball over getting it done he's just making plays he's that young guy not afraid to take the not afraid to take off with the ball he's going to pick up yardage and he he's a 20 point kind of quarterback here matchup isn't terrible I think they're I think they're okay there so I'd say go with Tyrod Taylor this week and I'd say that any week going forward just fully at some point I think Bradford's going to get it rolling a little bit and then then we sort of have the discussion off of that so jump, jumping back up to that Giants-Redskins game, the other thing I, I wanted to hit on, like I said, we got Victor Cruz coming back next week. I, I like what I saw out of Eli. You, you never quite know what, what you're going to see there week, but I think a safe play, I think with Victor Cruz coming back, Odell Beckham gets it rolling. like what I saw out of Reuben Randall. As Cruz comes back, let's not overreact on, on, Reuben, on Reuben Randall here. about the running game in New York? Rashad Jennings, 11 carries, 32 yards. Andre Williams, 14 carries, 29 yards. He got in the end zone. Jennings is a guy, I don't know if it's just because I like him personally, <laughs> that I can't get away from. I can't quit Rashad Jennings. I need to quit Rashad Jennings. This is an even split. You see it in the carries. Neither one of them can run. This running New York is that good. And from what I've seen through two games, is Andre Williams is going to get the majority, not all of, the majority of the goal line back or goal line touches, and it is just too, too risky to touch any of these guys. And quite frankly, Shane Vereen, he's a risk. We, we know what he can do in the passing game, and he was really involved in week two, less involved but still visible here in week three. It's just not what this Giants offense is. So Shane Vereen's even a risky player. Outside of Odell Beckham and Eli at this point, is a team I'm tending to stay away from. But but this running game, we get a lot of Rashad Jennings and Andre Williams questions. My answer, I think <laughs> I'm going to force myself on my 12-step program going forward is no. Almost irregardless of, of who you're putting them up against is no. Jennings, you just you know this is what you're going to get. You know you're going to get 50 less carries. He's going to average 3.5, 3.8 yards a carry. You're sitting around praying for a couple of receptions. You're praying for a touchdown. Just nothing I like to do. Um, in some cases, with, with you know running back subscribers, number two running back, or, or certainly your flex. So something to stay away from there. Redskins are who we thought we were. I think Jet, Giants team on the rise. You're getting Victor Cruz back. They're getting their offense rolling just a little bit. Don't want to overreact off of one game against a bad team. However. You get a cruise back, you get back and rolling. You got Eli Manning. You got the Eagles in turmoil. You've got the Jets are basically, a, or the, excuse me, the Cowboys are really a tuberculosis now. There is no one there. 
for the, the running back core who's viable <laughs> fantasy wise or uh, professional professionally. Yeah, you got Brandon Weed and all you experts on the four-letter network and, and other places tell me Whedon will be just fine. He'll keep this team afloat. They'll play 500, and when Romo gets back, they'll be great. And then when Des Bryant gets back, they'll be fine, and they'll be poised for a playoff run. If you think about it, look at this team in December of last year, January of last year. You have Tony Romo. He's gone. You have DeMarco Murray, not by injury, but he's gone. Now, you still have this great offensive line, and that's something everybody cites, but we haven't seen the combo of Randall, McFadden, Dunbar put up anywhere near the type of numbers that DeMarco Murray did behind that line. He's running backwards in Philadelphia. So now you have 10 best backs in the league gone. You have one of the seven or eight best running backs in the league gone. You have one of the three best wide receivers in the league gone. You have one of the three or four best tight ends in the league who has, I believe it is, two sprained ankles and a sprained knee. He had no legs, no legs whatsoever. I understand the defense is playing well. What Sean Lee did last week was very impressive. I understand that this is the best offensive line I mean, not only this year, but in quite time. I just don't believe you can take that amount of weapons off the field when that is such a big part of who you are and still continue to be successful. Can we even dummy into a win here or there with the running game and that offensive line, perhaps, but I have a hard time believing there's any viability then for a Terrence Williams for, I think it hurts your running backs. Uh, I, I do. And for this team going forward for the playoffs. So in the chat room, need two running backs for a uh, There's the, the obligatory CJ Anderson question. Chris Ivory, Randall, Abdullah, or David Johnson in a non-PPR. Okay, that's very important. That's uh, that's a tough question. We'll get into. We're going to talk a lot about Abdullah and David Johnson heading later in the show. In a non-PPR, I think I uh, I take those two out. Comes Ivory, Anderson, and Randall. So so what do we make of C.J. Anderson? I'm going to take a, a wait and see approach here. I talked about it a little bit. What show I've been doing uh, doing lots of shows here by myself recently, and they're starting to run together. I think C.J. Anderson's going to be okay. I might actually talk about that here on the slant last week at some point. What we saw in the second half versus Kansas Kansas City when Peyton Manning told Gary Kubiak to zip it. We're going to do things my way now. You're finished. <clears throat> Excuse me. This nonsense is finished. I'm dropping back in the shotgun. I'm making the plays. I'm doing things my way. It, Peyton Manning, his style doesn't seem to fit with Kubiak's offense. What I don't know is, and I have insight or any inside information, is what the conversations are behind the scene, what the game plan is going forward, what it's been in practice. I think if they get it back to Peyton Manning being Peyton Manning and not trying this square peg in a round hole gimmick with Peyton in that offense, I think Anderson's okay. I'm going to have to wait and see it. So at this point, Ivory, I know he's bagged up. He should be good to go. Didn't look great last week. I think he's another week healthier. And Joseph Brando, I think him and Lance Dunbar being the only reasonable, maybe Terrence Williams, being the reasonable offensive weapons in Dallas, I think it's just going to be amount of opportunities that makes Randall interesting. So I think I go there. Anderson or Ivory, 
a safe play. If you want to shoot for the go ahead and throw Anderson out there. But I, I think it's something I avoid. I, I'm good. I'm the same wait and see I took with him as I talked about with Sam Bradford. I'm going to be the guy a day late. I'm going to hit him when he comes back because I don't know how this matchup works, but it's all going to determine offense with the Denver Broncos forward is going to affect not only Peyton Manning's success, but certainly C.J. Anderson's effect, uh, success almost more. So let's jump in a couple of uh, updates. Haven't had a lot in terms of of injury reports coming out. It does say that Eric Decker is out right now. Drew Brees, of course, out. That's big, big news. Into that when we get into the questions and our starts and sits. Looks like Marshawn Lynch is a go already. So a nice early, nice early announcement on that one for a four o'clock game. And Todd Gurley looks like he's going to go. So, so that's something I want to get into a little later on. Is all some of the other uh, question marks we have here. Uh, Eddie Lacy. Now this is a big. Lacey, questionable for Monday night, limited in practice Friday and Saturday. Now, this is the dreaded Monday night running back. Questionable game time decision type of guy. If you have starts, you're fine. You, you, you're over there and you're, and you're great. Nothing to worry about. If you don't, what do you do? <laughs> the answer is, I don't know. These are so tough, they're nearly impossible. There seems to be no report leaning one way or the other. It's a 100% 50 shot between Eddie Lacy going and not going. So in that case, I don't think you have any choice. Hopefully you drafted the depth, you plug somebody in. Assume if Lacy comes back, he's going to get limited work, starts to get a good amount of extra work as he normally would. I think you have to do that. Same for Devontae Adams heading into He's also going to be a game-time decision. This is an easier decision. He's got nine catches for 92 yards and can't get in the end zone through two weeks. Is this going to be the week he gets off? I doubt it. It's possible. He could always find the end zone. I think the emergence, the emergence, James Jones has rendered Devontae Adams background to who I expected him to be. Anyhow, this is – when Jordy went down, Adam jumped up two and a half rounds in your ADPs, and we tried to – everybody calm down, everybody calm down, Cobb takes a little bump, Adams takes a little bump, but nobody's going to step outside of themselves and be more than, than we expected them to be. <clears throat> Excuse me, this is a lot of talking for one guy. So Devontae Adams, you, you sit him down. If you got James Jones, obviously get him in your lineup or – whatever reasonable alternative you have. Don't mess around, especially with a guy like Adams. And Lacey's a bigger question mark, but definitely don't mess around with Adams. Nine catches, 92 yards, no touchdowns for two weeks. Alshon Jeffrey, out. Cutler, out. What do we do about the Chicago Bears? A two-touchdown dog heading into Seattle. That doesn't seem much enough. I would take the import for uh, Jimmy Clausen having to walk into St. Louis for, or into Seattle for his first game of the year with no weapons, with no wide receiver core. This could bode well for Matt Forte in terms of amount of touches. He may touch the ball about 75 times. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a little extreme, but he's going to see an absolute ton, ton of work. I think Martellus Bennett's going to have to be the bailout for a Jimmy Clausen, so he, he's an intriguing guy as well. <clears throat> oh, excuse me here. So 
you know, but but Jimmy Claus and Alshon Jeffrey being out, this Bears defense could be a disaster. You have to play Forte. If you have another option equal to or in the same line of a Martellus Bennett, he might be a guy you think about sitting because you don't know what you're going to get out of Claus. And if anything, it makes me nervous, although I think he's all right just in terms of volume play being a bailout for, for Claus and he's going to be running for his life. Uh, DeMarco Murray questionable with that with that hamstring, although he looks like he is good to go. <laughs> At least he's going to be on the field. We'll talk about we have a lot of we have a lot of questions with with uh, DeMarco Murray involved, and, and we'll see how they go. Tevin Coleman out to Devontae Freeman gets the start. I don't know if you're deep enough on your depth chart yet this year, or maybe if you're an Eddie Lacy owner to be having that question. But you take Coleman. Freeman should get all of the work. Here's an interesting one. Wayne Allen out. You know, Cody Fleener was a guy who saw a ton, a ton of push here in draft season. Nothing crazy, but this is a guy we sort of thought. We've seen him. This guy could be a 100-yard, 100-yard type of tight end in a game and splitting a lot of work with Allen, and Allen seems to have been the focus this year. In a game where I think this offense has to bounce back and a good team to do it against in these Tennessee Titans, I think Fleener could be a big sleeper, maybe in your daily leagues. Maybe if you have a Ladarius Green, who looks like he's going to be going to be out with that concussion. We have a non PPR flex, uh, Belial Powell or Ryan Matt. I, I think, boy, you hate you hate to be in that situation a little bit, but I think it's got to be Belial Powell. If Ivory's still nicked up now, if, if this is the same team uh, we were talking about earlier that that Ivory was starting, I I hope it's not. And because I don't want Ivory and Powell out there together, and we recommended starting Ivory. But if this one in a vacuum, Powell, Ryan Matthews, DeMarco Murray can't get it going. I think if they can get this running game going, they're going to try to force feed Murray a little bit. Matthews, a lot of people sort of tell us, you know, they want to, Matthews is a nice, safe play. We know what his work's going to be. I don't think that's proven out at all. I think Matthews is the back of a really, really bad running situation. I think as they try to get this offense going, Darren Sproles is going to be the guy going forward. So not a great situation, but Powell, we know he will touch the ball plenty and he may get some goal line looks. So I think Belial Powell is going to he's going to be the guy there. <clears throat> Back up, uh, big big surprise to everybody. I know, hold on to your hats, but Reggie Bush is out again. I know you're disappointed there. Andre Ellington going to be out again. Some rumblings early in the week that Arian Foster was going to make a go. Week he is out. DeAndre Hopkins with that going through the concussion protocol hasn't been officially cleared, but has been bumped up to probable. So that that tells you all signs are looking good. We will keep an eye out this, this morning, waiting for the official word to come out. But things look good for DeAndre Hopkins and a guy coming off uh, coming off a a concussion. I have less fear of than somebody who was a game time decision with a knee and ankle, some sort of soft tissue. It, injury those guys you wonder be 100 they're going to see their full reps their full go and what could be a shootout against indian or excuse me it could be a shootout there the team that should be able to move the ball a little bit so we talked about marshawn lynch he's good to go decker is out yeah talk about him for a little bit it was a game time decision last week. he said 100 he got into the game got exactly targets, if I'm not mistaken, zero catches. Every word out of Tampa Bay is he is a full go today. He's ready for a full role. He did not have a full role last week. 
you know, they should care about your fantasy team and tell you these type of things with last week. So I'm not sure. I think we have a couple of Mike Evans questions, but I think for the most part, he's a go. This guy is going to be a start. Uh, Brashad Perriman out. Witten looks like he's going to go. Still waiting on word from Lamar Miller. Uh, there were some rumblings last night that he was going to play. So we're, we're going to wait for word on that. I'll tell you what, hopefully you have a better than Lamar Miller. This is very similar to the Philadelphia situation. I think they're trying to run an offense. It is to Lamar Miller's running style down there. He's been a big disappointment. He's been nicked up as well, I understand. I got a lot of question marks about Lamar Miller. Jonathan Stewart considered a game-time decision, but most rumblings out there say he is going to go. Same with Chris Ivory. So, so something to look at. Something to look at there. So, all right. Well, let's hop into, looks like, what do we have? Uh, sleeper tight end, Gary Bant. Barnridge for the Browns. That's an interesting one. We got some picks coming through. Uh, Bears over Seattle. <laughs> Bears over Seattle. Wow. That, that's a gutsy call there. Maybe with the number. I, I'm hoping that's what these are with the number. Titans over Colts. Uh, defense. Jets or Broncos? <clears throat> oh, that, that is so tough. That is so tough. The Broncos have just looked deadly and, and you can turn over and make a lot of mistakes against Detroit and we've seen the mess that Philadelphia is but look the bottom line let's not ever think it the Jets have turned over uh, 10 times I believe two games the Eagles have looked you, you get a little bit nervous because I think as we talked about off the top of the show I think they can go off at some point I just don't think it's against this Jets team so I'm going to agree 100% with, with, with the chat room Jets is their turnover potential is is too much, but I love I love having Denver as well because I think you got a similar situation in Detroit. Just Detroit's got you got a few more horses there that could be a little scary. So let's jump into some starts and sits here. Well, I'm obviously not going to do your uh, Jamal Charles and your Adrian Peterson. Some guys a little deeper down the depth chart who who I like. And I'm going to start out at the quarterback position. You got a lot of questions about him this week, and I'm buying in. Marcus Mariota going up against Colts, who who had zippy zippy corners left. Everybody is either out or banged up or nicked up. I think any one of you, including me, could show up in Indianapolis, or I believe they're in Tennessee, in Tennessee this morning, and they would trot us out there at least in the dime. Try, try to defend the pass. So, Marcus Mariota is going to have some time to throw the ball. We've got some good weapons around him and not a ton of getting that ball downfield and should be able to have uh, some good success there. The running back position, my start of the week. This is one, boy, you always, always get nervous, get nervous doing this. Isaiah Crowell going up against the Oakland Raiders. It looked like it finally shook out last week that Cruel is going to be the lead guy. Duke Johnson's going to be the change of pace guy. You finally have Terrence West out of town. I believe it was 17 carries last week. Now, Oakland can be a fairly stingy defense, but you look at what Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard did in week one, able to move the ball a little bit. They're going to force the ball to Cruel, sitting Manziel down, bringing – bringing McCown back in. I think they're going to be conservative. They're going to take it easy. I think lots of chances for Crowell. 
good chance to, to be in that 75-yard range. We're going to hope for a touchdown, but I think Isaiah Crowell is a guy very interesting. We have in the oh, – can't take another donut. Now, I know that feeling. I took the same donut last week. Non-PPR, Evans or James Jones? I'll tell you what. Let's Let's play it safe here. I'm actually going to go James Jones. I have fully bought into – I was trying to temper it after week one. And I saw it again in week two. Not only has he put up the touchdowns he's put up, he's had other opportunities. This is the go-to guy for Aaron Rodgers for the Green, Green Bay Packers. This, this is his man. Now, we're not going to see eight, ten grabs, which is perfect here in a non-PPR. I think if Evans has value, we're hoping he becomes the volume guy we expected him to be in the offseason. James Jones, we know what his role is going to be. We know they're going to be in the red zone. We know Adams is at best nicked up, he may be out. Lacey is at best nicked up, may be out. I think James Jones is the man, especially in a non-PPR where if Evans goes out and catches nine for 74 yards, it doesn't get in the end zone, you're still coming out ahead with James. He's going to have five or six catches. That's his role in the offense. Two of them are for touchdowns. So, yeah, stay away from the donut there. Much, much better to go with the James Jones. All right, so I think we are up in the chat room. Let's uh, let's go back to starts and sits. We were talking Isaiah Crowell. Going to stick a lot of the starts and sits are going to come out of this this uh, Tennessee Indianapolis game, and I hope I'm right that what we saw through two weeks from Andrew Luck and the and the Colts offense was was the anomaly, and they're going to get it rolling. And this is the week they're going to do it. But Dante Moncrief, a uh, big, big week last week. This is a guy I have stashed away on, on a ton of bench, and the trade offers have been rolling in all week. This is a guy I, I, I'm believing in, T.Y. Hilton. Surprising to me, he played last week. You know, most reports early on, it was, he, he was going to miss three weeks and, and come out and played last week. was there, got some targets, got a few grads, but this is Moncrief's game. Andre Johnson, boy, you want to talk about a disappointment. Everybody was so excited. How about Frank Gore and Andre Johnson going into an app? We were all twisting our shirts over our heads with excitement about that. And just, just nothing came out of either one of those, unfortunately. So Moncrief has taken over that two role that we were all so excited about. Doing it, doing it well. Andre Johnson, really, really no fear of him. He's just a real big distraction I guess for the defense he's sort of uh he's just he's not involved in the obvious now I'll be curious to see going forward once once assuming this offense gets rolling and I am going to assume that happens and I'll be curious to see exactly how this all shakes out with Andre Johns but for right now Moncrief is the man this isn't exactly the 85 Bears when we're talking about Tennessee Titans defense so I, I think certainly Moncrief, it's, this Colts offense should get rolling, should have some should have some opportunities this week. And I think Dante Moncrief is a, is a great start. Who, who else do I have listed here? Let's, uh, let's get to some sits. Let's start with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, uh, boy, he's, just, he's been under siege all season, number one. That's a problem. Likes to turn it over. Uh, he's had trouble going against that Denver pass defense that it, it'll take you out 
they, they're every, killing everybody. They're just killing people. Matt Stafford's been a big question mark. He's shutting people. Matt Stafford is Matt Stafford. He is who he's going to be. Sorry, I, I got an email coming through. I got a tweet coming through, and I got a call on the line. So I lost my place here. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to jump right over the call. I believe this is our boy, Jersey. Jersey, good morning. Yo, guys. How you doing? I got Jersey here. Good morning. How are you? All right. How's it going, bud? Hey, not so bad. Not so bad. Hey, quick question. In my standard league, I picked up Star. Um, but right now I have Lacey in there, and I have mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon. And I also have uh, Deion Lewis. So I wanted to find out if, I guess, if Lacey doesn't go, I guess it would be between Star, Melvin Gordon, and Deion Lewis as my, out of them I would need too. Any suggestions with that, what you feel comfortable with in the standard league? Well, this is tough with uh, Green Bay playing on Monday night, Jersey. That That's the concern. You almost have to – have to decide, are we going to play Lewis over – I'm going to throw Gordon out. I, I just I – I'm not buying in. Are we going to play Lewis over either Starks or Lacey? I think becomes a question because you, you're going to have to go with – if Lacey's healthy, you'll go with him Monday. If he's out, then you Starks who had some, had some success there. I'll tell you what, even in – and we're always terrified, Jersey, of these New England running backs, and I continue to be. This could be the week that Deion Lewis doesn't even see the field. <laughs> he just you knows how Belichick is. But he seems to be filling that Shane Vereen role. And my biggest fear with this Starks-Lacey situation is Lacey's going to play, but he's going to play limited. And there's a pretty good Kansas City defense going up against – my biggest fear was we're going to sit Deion Lewis down and Starks and Lacey are going to get 50%. They're going to split carries on Monday night. And it's going to tell you, I might sit Starks and, Lace, Starks and Lacey this week. Go ahead and roll Deion Lewis and hope uh, hope the hoodie doesn't kill us. All right. That'll give me an option there. And then my, in, my, in my PPR league, I'm using Lewis as my flex because I'm, I'm sitting Devontae Adams. I'm not sure what's going on with his ankle, so I'm going to go with Bolden. And we're going to go with Amari Cooper. But my running backs are Hill, Levy, and Bell. Um, I still got what's going on my bench from keeping uh, D'Angelo Wynn. And I still got Foster on my bench, but he's not ready to play. So I'm gonna, in that PPR, like, I'm going to use Lewis as a flex. Sound like a smart move? Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think uh, I talked about it uh, in one of the other shows earlier this week. We get it. We got a lot of questions on D'Angelo Williams, and a lot of people think, hey, look what he did. Wayne Le'Veon Bell was out. Is he still going to get some work? Is he has some the, – look, the answer, I think, is no. I think he's going to spell Bell. They're going to try to keep Bell's work down because he's going to be a big part of the offense when he's on the field. But this is going to be thanks for everything you did, D'Angelo, and have, have a seat. We'll see you for a couple series here or there. So Williams is out for Foster. Love Le'Veon Bell. Love Hill. And to put Deion Lewis in a flex, that's a, that's a formidable run, run, uh, excuse me, running back core there. Yeah, I figured he's just short, so that's why I kept him. And I, I did the smartest thing, and I should have did it two weeks ago. I dropped Prater in a crappy Detroit offense, and I took uh, Josh Brown. gave me 13 points Thursday night. He gave me more yeah. points last than Prater has in two weeks. He's the number one leading scorer, 39 points in three weeks. Is that all? Yeah, they... I could care less if the team wins or loses. I worry about teams <laughs> that struggle with inside the 40, between the 20-yard line and the 40. Give me the threes, give me the fours, give me the five-pointers on them field goals, so I, I did that. But, again, I appreciate everything. You, you tweaked me last week with Senior's team. He's on the roll, too, so hopefully uh, everything is going good for us this week. And, again, I always appreciate the opportunity to talk to you guys on Sunday. Best of luck to you this week uh, in your leagues, and 
Thanks again for your voice, guys. I appreciate it. Enjoy your Sunday. All right. Good luck, Jersey. Thanks for calling in. Always love hearing from you. Take care. Thank you. All right. Looks like we got a little uh, little action in the chat room there. Let me uh, let me spin back up. And uh, I knew it. No, we had something. I know we had one. Oh, here's one. PTAR need two for a flex. James Jones, Jason Jackson, Matthews, Dear Bernard, Lance Dunbar. So we need two. So so first and foremost, that touchdown threat, even in a PPR, I know I know his five catches for fifty yards might kill you. But I, I gotta get James Jones in the lineup. He is Aaron Rodgers first target down inside the twenty. That that holds a lot of value for me coming from from a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Uh Ben Jackson, he's intriguing. I don't know what Mike Evans is going to look like. Matthews, I'm I'm scared of Tannehill. I'm scared of that Miami offense. Save for Land for for Landry, who just sees so many, so many targets. He's a PPR monster. He's a target. Although Matthews has put up some of the bigger numbers. Bernard and Dunbar is who this comes down to. Me and Dunbar has been such a threat in the past game. I believe he had eight catches week one, if I'm not mistaken. But with Tony I'm gonna play it safe, Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard, interestingly, last week wasn't the PPR target. He saw the majority of the carries and had it with great success. This is going to be this is not the Ravens' defense that that we're used to as NFL fans within the last 20 years. You can move the ball in this offense, and I think I think Hill and and Bernard have big games. So for me, it's going to be Jones and Bernard. I see uh, we have some BJ, a lot of BJ's love in, in the chat room. It's close for me, especially in a PPR, which is James, for me personally, James Jones being Aaron Rodgers' first look when they're looking near the end zone, near the goal line, I can't stay away from James Jones. <laughs> now, here's the problem as I recommend this. I always get nervous with this. He's got the two, that he's got the one, should have had the two. He's not going to catch one and a half touchdowns a game for the rest of the season. We know that's not going to happen. So there's going to be a game that doesn't happen. I'm willing to eat it when those weeks come. I like the opportunities for me. So for me, I'm going James Jones. I'm going Gio Bernard there. So actually we got a B. Jackson James Jones, which I don't necessarily hate. I like getting those running backs out there. So getting back to what time do we – oh, yeah, we're going 1030. got lots of time. Uh, I will I will let everybody know. I'm going to get out of here about five minutes early today, about uh, 1125, maybe 1120, doing a little hit on local radio here. And if, uh, if Rick or Scott hasn't called in, I'm going to, I'm going to jump off it's just a little bit ahead. You, you won't miss much, I promise you. So let's get to some sits. We talked about Matt, we talked about Matt Stafford, Stafford, yeah, Matt Stafford. So much going on here. Uh, sit, sit of the week for me at the running back position. And this is a guy I was excited about, but maybe I don't know if it's been a product of the offense. He's looked good when he's had the ball, but the numbers just haven't been there. Going up against a real tough Houston defense, real tough. I just shut down Jamal Charles, just shut down Jonathan Stewart, which is less impressive. But when you shut down Jamal Charles, Houston's been really good defensively and good against the run. Doug Martin this week, I'm hoping we you have a better option out there. This is a guy I have in a ton of leagues. I got swept up. Honestly, I'll admit I got swept up in the – in the preseason hype, and I like I've liked how he looks when he's carried the ball here. It's been a limit of opportunities. It's been a limit of 
of offensive success there in Tampa Bay. So Doug Martin is going to be a sit this week for me at running back. And I think we have to we have to go out now and talk. We talked earlier on Drew Brees being out, sit of the week wide receiver Brandon Cooks. I don't think I'm moving any mountains here. I think he's been a disappointment up until this point. And you take Drew Brees out. What ha- This is what happened. You see, Drew Brees has li- been limited in terms of getting the ball down the field, which is Brandon Cook's role. He looks like a Mike Wallace, his rookie year with Pittsburgh, kind of one-trick pony type of guy. He's not going to be type of target order. He's going to make big plays. He hasn't had the ability to make big plays with Drew Brees dealing with that shoulder. And I think quite similarly – now with, with uh, the other McCown, right? I believe he's the one doing those uh, goofy commercials. Not going to be a ton of big play opportunities. So Brandon Cooks is, is somebody. I, I'm going to sit down this week. I think if, if you have a James Jones, I like that list we had before. James Jones, B-Jack, somebody, somebody in that realm. I think I, I feel better playing playing those guys. Uh, let's move on. Who else do we have here? Start and sit wise. Anybody we really want to get into? I don't see anything here that's all that earth-shattering, so I'm going to a little bit early here. I've got uh, the mailbag is just full, and I want to get to as many of these as I can, so I'm going to jump into that. But first, I have a call on the line, area code 860. Good morning. Hey, Rick, my friend. You're doing a good job by yourself. (laughs) Oh, I appreciate it. I'm I'm running out of steam here. I'm glad you called, so I can quit talking for a second. If if I'm as tired of hearing my own voice, I can't imagine what you guys are going through. (laughs) Hey, Rick, I got a total cluster here, man. Uh, I'm 0-2, dude. I, I'm in a must-win situation. Just to give you a brief heads up, I, I got to sit uh, Brandon I'm Brandon Cooks, and I got to throw Allen Robinson in there. Oh, 100%. And, yeah. The, the thing is, I'm going up against Le'Veon Bell and Joseph Randall. My running backs suck because of the C.J. Anderson dilemma. Um now, let me give you all these running backs. I got a whole slew of them, and I need two of them. I got C.J. Anderson. I got Latavius Murray. I got Lamar Miller, who I want to sit. I got Isaiah Crowell. I also have Duke Johnson. Uh, what do you think about that situation? I think I kind of want to roll out with Latavius, but I think it's like I'm not sure about C.J. Anderson or Crowell. I mean, I don't like having two guys in the same game. I mean, if, if Anderson don't do it this week against Detroit, man, he's, he, it's, it's do or die time. Yeah, but, that is uh, – here's the thing with CJ. What 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 I talked about off the top of the show, I don't know when, when you hopped on. Yeah, I heard you, the wait-and-see approach. Yeah, and my problem is, as I, even as I say it, I don't know if I'm buying it. And I don't know if it's my bias because I shoved all in on C.J. Anderson being a bust in the preseason and I'm being proven right and I want to keep shoving at it <laughs> because – or if it's looking in the second half, because my point has been if they if Peyton Manning t- tells I can take a hike and we're going to do things my way, that Anderson, Anderson should get it rolling a little bit. But that didn't happen in the second half either. You know, Ronnie Hillman was out there in all the big situations. I yep. think even in a desperate situation, and I almost <clears> – <throat> with you being 0-2 – with you need to shoot for the moon, I think C.J. Anderson would be the play. I just, I, Dean, I don't see it happening. 
I think Murray uh, or Latavius, I think he's fairly obvious there. They should be able to move the ball. He, he's seen the ball in, in the passing game. And I, I don't re- never like that two guys uh, in the same game either. Guys, I, mean, I got a team that's all within two games, and I think I need to go in and fix it. It's driving me nuts. Isaiah Crowell's a guy I like this week. He's just seeing so many opportunities. I wish I never thought I'd say this. We should isolate this. I wish Johnny Manziel was still playing today. Yeah. I think he makes he adds something to the offense and makes these guys around him better. But I think he should have some success. They are going to be so vanilla with with, with McCown back out there. Crowell has established himself. My problem with him is he did this a couple times last year and he followed every one of them up with stinkers. But, right. but I'm going to say Miller being a game-time decision and having been a disaster when he's been out there, uh, I think you got to sit him down. You can't mess with Duke Johnson. So it comes down to C.J. Anderson and Crowell for me. And I think Crowell's a better option. I honestly do. I There's probably going to be a week when C.J. Anderson goes off. I hope it's not this week and I, I don't bury it here. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking too because I don't think Correll's going to give me that five or six. I think he's got a higher floor. But I also have James Starks, but <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know how much. He's going to get some work here regardless of whether or not Lacey plays. But if Lacey plays, he's not going to get enough work to <laughs> to salvage. I think certainly Crowell could outperform him. Maybe Anderson could, but I think Crowell could outperform uh, 75% of James Starks. So you think Crowell's a safe for play, but you know, man, that dude was my second pick, and I almost feel like kind of just shoving all in and saying, "Okay, man, you got to do it this week," or you know, that's I, I don't know. I think he's got a. Who do you think's got a higher ceiling? Oh, it, it's C.J. Anderson. It, he's definitely got the higher ceiling. It'll be. I wish I knew, and I, I follow some some Denver beat guys, and that's one thing I was all over Twitter and, and things last night looking to see. What if anything was coming out of Denver about who's winning this? It's I, I'm calling it a power struggle because I honestly I have nothing to prove that it is, but I feel like there's some sort of wrestling match going on between Kubiak and Manning of what that offense is going to be. I have no indication of what it is. So yeah, in terms of higher ceiling, if Peyton Manning comes out, throws two middle fingers towards Kubiak and his own bench and says, "This my way," Anderson could do the saw at the end of at the end of last week. So. Yeah, you know, shoot for the moon plays Anderson. If you if you think you based on looking at your matchup who you're going against, if you can go out there and if eight, ten, twelve points gets it done for you, plug Crowell in. If you need a twenty, you might have to go Anderson. And if yeah, you lose I, those I, ten, ten Crowell points, how bad is that? You're going to lose anyhow, basically, I guess. Yeah, I I need a lot of points, man, because I'm going up against Beckham, who went off. I mean. He's got Cam, who should have a monster game against the Saints. He's got freaking Le'Veon coming back. It's just I, I, you know, I don't need the safe points. I, I, I got to shoot for the moon. I think here. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it because he's got he's got some high ceiling players there. I'll be curious to see what Bell does coming back in Week One. I don't know if this is one of them forty point weeks. Although you get Ben Roethlisberger his toy back, <laughs> he might he might just play with it right into the ground. So, okay. you know what, so Dean? Rip- I'm going to agree with you. Start C.J. Anderson. If it doesn't happen this week, then it's done. <laughs> Just bury him. Okay. And, and you're buried anyhow at that point at 0-3, I guess. So. Well, man, I don't. I remember that year I won a championship when I was in last place. I'm not giving up. Well, yeah, you, you don't want to completely give up. But, uh, 
Yeah, I think I do it here. Listening to what you're going up against, the Crowell doesn't. Crowell has no potential to run for 150 yards in a score and, and catch six balls for 50 yards in another score. That that's not who he is. So C.J. Anderson certainly has that potential. I'll be honest with you, I'm not confident he reaches that potential, but he certainly has it. So so shoot for the moon. I like your I like your uh, receiver situation there. So, so plug in Anderson and, and hope for the best. And I'm probably when we're talking Crowell, and if Anderson takes the hook, you're probably only talking a 10 or 12 point difference anyhow. So I, I, get, I think you have to. This is that situation where you just got to go for it. Yeah, I got good receivers. I got Antonio Brown, Javaris Landry, and Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're set there. I, I think one of those guys could, could even cover you a little bit. I, I love what Landry's been doing. <laughs> just a target hog. The numbers haven't been there. It hasn't seen the end zone. But I think when that if, if things start to shake loose down there, I think that bodes well for him. So, yeah, I think that's a C.J. Anderson team. And if he goes off, uh, you're going to match up pretty well here. All right. You know, because you guys were saying all summer, talking about how bad he was going to be. And I don't know what I was thinking drafted. I panicked. I panicked with my second pick. I should have went wide receiver, wide receiver. And I panicked and thought I had to have a running back. Anyway, yeah, luckily – I my got the stubborn- asylum blessing, so it all's good. <laughs> yeah, my stubbornness saved me on that one. I wouldn't do it just because I didn't want to go on the air and have uh, have Briggs <laughs> beat me down for day. <laughs> but there were situations where I'm sitting there looking at him, and you look at the numbers for last week for, from last season, and, and we had uh, Jake Seeley on. I, I don't remember if it was on uh, this show or it was on the Fantasy Sports Network show one week, and he gave me all the numbers. Yeah, he's one of them real good numbers guys. I had no argument but to say it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And the real experts, you know, they look at you and you're a clown and you sound like it. So I'm rooting for you this week. So I'm going to hope he goes off this week, get you a wind bean. But long term, I need this one to work out. So basically, we ought to be called this gut feeling radio because I tend to use that more than numbers. And so far, that gut feeling worked out for me. Okay, man. Well, thanks for the advice. Good luck this week, and I'll be listening to you this week. Hopefully we, won't right. see any, hopefully we won't see any kiss cam stuff. We don't want to get people upset this week, right? <laughs> oh, that drove me nuts. I'm still seething <laughs> about that one. <laughs> this this right, insanity. Man. All right, Dean, great to hear from you. Thanks for calling in, bud. All right, bye. All right, let's have up. I saw some conversation in the in the chat room. Love hearing from Dean, the 2014 Asylumite of the Year. So a lot of Devin Smith talk there. Uh, interesting, very interesting. Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll get back down to days and confused. Sorry about that. Oh, keeps uh, keep jumping down on. It. This is why Rick's supposed to run this. Uh, he needs to get it, get himself out of prison or whatever he's doing. Oh, okay. So that is not a question that is uh some rankings so thank you for that appreciate that uh non-ppr miller or abdullah also marco murray or woodhead uh still no word uh, I'm, i've been checking lamar miller's a guy i've been watching for haven't still haven't heard any word on lamar miller i think i avoid him either way he's been bad healthy uh banged up i'm not messing with miller so i like abdullah now here's why Talking, uh, talking to Dean a little bit about about the gut feeling. Abdullah's a, they've got that prime time game. Doesn't Abdullah feel like a prime time player? Feel like NBC's going to really push him tonight, and he's going to make some plays and going against even in a non PPR. I know I understand you're going to lose those points, 
that even in a non-PPR format, with that Denver pass rush, with what they've been doing, I think this is they're going to have limited opportunities. Detroit, that is downfield. So I think Abdullah shines here. I just I've got that gut. You know, I'm just going to go. I don't. I'm not going to put any numbers behind it. I've got that gut that Abdullah is a prime time kind of guy. He's a sexy play. So <clears throat> I like Abdullah there. I think he has a big big week. Marco Murray, Danny Woodhead, even in a non PPR. If this was a PR, it'd be Woodhead without even a discussion. I'm, again, I'm taking that wait and see on DeMarco Murray. We know what Woodhead's role is going to be in the offense. We know he's going to touch the ball plenty, and he's going to have tons of opportunities if and when they get down near the goal line. So for me, this is Abdullah and Woodhead, and I feel pretty comfortable about that, knowing that knowing that, uh, well, then it says uh, Latavius. If it's Latavius, it's Latavius over Danny Woodhead for me. If it's DeMarco, it's Woodhead over DeMarco. So uh, let's uh, slide back down. I believe I saw one at the at the bottom here. Uh, sorry about that, guys. A lot going on here. Non-PPR, John Brown or Stevie Johnson? I believe I have this two or three different times in the mailbag. There is a lot of people with this situation. So we have John Brown, Stevie Johnson. So we get Stevie Johnson go heading into Minnesota. It's a decent, you know, for all of Scott's lamenting, that secondary is fairly well up there in Minnesota and especially at home. San Francisco heading into Arizona. I, I understand the question. I don't, I don't think we'd have had this question a couple of weeks ago. But now that Carson Palmer has really honed in on, and I love it, really honed in on Larry Fitzgerald, you know, I think this makes it a question. I think you have more big play potential here from John Brown. I think I'm going to stick with him. <clears throat> I don't know how much you're going to see offensively from San Diego up there at Minnesota. Like I said, I was here as he continuously laments against that Minnesota secondary. But they played fairly well games this season. I think this is a closer, lower spring game, so I'm going to go with the with the high-end ability uh, of a John Brown, certainly a touchdown threat. I don't see Larry Fitzgerald get three again, although I love it. I absolutely love it. So, all right, all caught up in the chat. Going ahead to the mailbag. Uh, first question, and uh, we got a lot of Cook's questions, and I think you're going to notice a pattern here as I go through them. Brandon or Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright is a guy I'm not sure I got to in my starts. No, I went with, with Moncrief. Kendall Wright, my other start at wide receiver this week. I think, again, we talked about the, the Colts secondary, just absolute. We talked about That's where we talked about with Marcus Mariota. I'm putting it all together here. So the Colts secondary all banged up. Nobody. I think I'm going to go down. I'm going to play a couple plays for, for Indianapolis. I think I think Tennessee is able to move the ball. We saw what Kendall Wright did in week one. He has that rapport with the rookie back. I'm loving Kendall Wright this week, and we'll certainly, certainly take him over Brandon Cooks. So here we go. We've got uh, had a lot of James Jones, had a lot of Steve Johnson. They are in this question. Play between James Jones, Travis Benjamin, Stevie Johnson, and Steve Smith. So I'm going to stick with the theme of the day, which uh, if anybody likes to fade me, which might not be the worst idea, all in on James Jones, especially with the, with the Adams situation. So it comes down to Benjamin 
Hudson Smith. Everybody was really excited about Travis Benjamin after last week, and for good reason. Here's what I in mind with Travis Benjamin. That news touched three catches total. That's going to be his role in the offense, and it came from Johnny Manziel. You're not seeing McCown step back and fling that ball down the field 60 yards, giving a guy like Travis Benjamin an opportunity to make plays very often. With McCown, it's going to be a very vanilla offense, so Benjamin is going to have to sit down until we get Johnny Manziel back. It's down to Stevie Johnson, Steve Smith. Looking at Steve Smith, Rashard Perriman is still out. We have seen thus far this year as Justin Forsyth struggled they're wacko for Flacco again there more. And Steve Smith is the only weapon they have outside. I think he had a rough week back, had a huge week too. He was my start of the week last week, heading into the week. It, it bared out a much, much tougher secondary there, Cincinnati. But Steve Smith, this is an opportunity for me. Steve Smith is going to see the bulk of the work in that passing game where they want to force the passing game now Baltimore. Steve Smith being Joe Flacco's only weapon and the guy he's most comfortable with. So for me, this is James Jones and Steve Smith uh, fairly easily in the chat. Can't believe I'm asking. Yeah, <laughs> I know the feeling, man. It, it sounds crazy. We've got a lot of these this year. Six points per touchdown, Peyton Manning or Phillip Rivers. I'm going to stick with Peyton here. It, it's tough. Uh, he looked so bad. When they're running the when they're running the Kubiak offense, which is amazing to me, I think at worst we could see a almost a repeat of what we saw last Thursday, where they're going to try it Kubiak's way. It's not going to go well, and at some point Peyton Manning's going to do what Peyton Manning does, and therefore put up put up his numbers late. I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Rivers hasn't looked at Keenan. So unsteady, so inconsistent. Again, you know, going back to Scott and, and his uh, Viking secondary, who he, he would like to put on a boat and shove away forever. They played well. They're playing at home. I'm gonna I'm gonna suck it up. I'm gonna stick with Peyton Manning. It may be uh, maybe grit your teeth there for a little while, but I think at some point they get back to they get back to Peyton doing what Peyton does. And Peyton Manning should be fine. So we'll go with that. All right. I uh, believe we're caught up in there. Let's head back to back to the mail. And here's, here's another theme you're going to see through, and you're going to see uh, see me being fairly consistent on this as well. Ronnie Hillman or David Johnson? David Johnson is a guy I love this week. I don't have him. I didn't get to him in, in the start list. I wanted to get to this mailbag. But I'm excited, excited about David Johnson. What I've seen, we, we saw the kick return touchdown. He's getting the ball, passing situation. Reason number two, I have a hard time believing Chris Johnson when he carries again. This is a guy who was on the streets for a year, or it felt like a year. And coming off a hamstring issue, dealing with a soft tissue gimmick, I don't know if he when he carries in him a game. Quite we know Ellington's out. I think Duke Johnson, it came out of uh, Arizona earlier in the week that, that David Johnson was going to see more carries. And I believe that, and he's going to be in on the passing downs, and I love what Carson Palmer does. I think David Johnson's a sneaky flex play this week. He'll get you some points, especially if you get anything out of the out of the kicking game. He, he holds a lot of value there. Hillman, you know, we got the running him. 
Jay Anderson. With all the extra work Hillman's got that we didn't expect him to get, he hasn't done anything with it. He, he really hasn't. So, so let's stick with David Johnson right there. And we got Frank Johnson. This one's a little tougher. Well, we saw some flashes. Early on in that game last week from Frank Gore, where you thought, all right, he might be all right. Maybe we overreacted in week one. They put the ball on the carpet, and that was about the end of it. And they, they slowed him down significantly. I'm going to go with David here. Again, opportunities. I think Andre Andre Luck. Yeah, there we go. Or Andrew Luck. His brother, go with his brother, Andrew Luck. is going to come out. He's going to have opportunities to flash the arm today, and I think that's what we're going to this is going to be through the air for the Colts. I don't think Gordy's a ton of work. I think he's going to split there, there a little bit. I like David Johnson's opportunity. Back to the chat room. Non-PPR, well, this is so tough, especially in a non-PPR. Abdullah or Deion Lewis? And so all that gushing I did about Abdullah and that gut feeling about him being on prime time, being in the spotlight, is safer. I, I really do. I think it's crazy that I know any New England running back going to be safer. But he's getting carries. He's a part of the passing game, even in a non-PPR. If that matchup bodes well for them against Jacksonville, which it obviously should, going against Jaguars, I think I think Deion Lewis is the is the safer the safer pick there. So I'm gonna go Lewis, but it's a it's about a 60-40 for me. I think uh, Abdullah might have the higher if you're looking if you're looking for a splash. However, all things being equal, I, I like what I've seen out of Lewis. So what do we have? Uh, does anyone think Christine Michael will start in Dallas at some point? I did <laughs> after they made the signing. I went all in. Rick threw the bucket of cold water on me and told me to calm down. I what we needed to see, even through this point of the season, was to see Randall struggle, to see McFadden get hurt. Neither one of those has happened yet, so yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd love to see it. I think Michael has has opportunities, but if if he got if he got in the game, if he could get on the field, I think he could make big plays. But I think they like what they have with their rotation. I think they like use Dunbar in the passing situations, and he he's done excellent from that standpoint. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no at this point. I, I'd ride him if he got the bench. I know we're getting towards bye weeks and we get so many injuries. Got to make some moves here. As long as you can hold on to him, I would. I think if and if Randall goes down, certainly when McFadden goes down, it's a little bit interesting. So I, I, you know, I think you're almost holding on to it though, waiting for waiting for Randall to go down. So if you've got the roster space, I haven't got him yet. But I, I, I don't expect anything anything huge. So get back to the uh, back to the mailbag. Where are we at? We are at James Jones or Terrence Williams. Now, this is James Jones. It, it's not even close for me. I've talked about him 30 times before everybody with that again. You know, Terrence Williams, we, we all got excited. And I, I mildly, I agree. I was a little bit part of it. When Dez went out, the, the, the Terrence Williams was going to be the next man up. It didn't really bear out week two, but that, that whole game was a disaster. I sort of throw that game completely out. I don't care what everybody's telling me about Terrence Williams. I don't care about Jerry Jones telling me that Brandon, Brandon Whedon throws the, the best ball in the history of the ball or whatever absurd absurd thing he, he spit out about him. Now, in Jones' defense, I think he has to say that. I, I, I commend him 
quite frankly, for saying it. I'm not sure he has any other option. But Wheaton's going to they're going to focus on the running game. We talk about this offensive line for Dallas being the reason they may be able to keep hold in that division, at least keep their head above water. That's going to come through the running game. It's going to come through the short passing game, which does not whatsoever tie into what Terrence Williams does. I think we put Terrence Williams away until we get by Tony Romo back. So this is James Jones. Not really close for me. Uh, all right. So I have Jamal Charles, CJ Anderson, Jeremy Hill, Isaiah Crowell, and Gio Bernard. Wow. Nice, nice work, my friend. What should I start? So I only get two. All right. So, so Jamal Charles, no, no discussion. Uh, I understand we had the fumbles last week. It's not going to cost him carries. He's not a rookie. It's a pattern for him. In fact, I think they come out and I think they feed him the ball this week, giving him opportunity to, to sort of make up for that performance, let him get it past him. So I think you see a heavy dose of Jamal Charles, especially early. So we got C.J. Anderson, Jeremy Hill, Crowell, and Bernard. This is the case. There are guys with just as high, if not higher, ceilings than C.J. Anderson. So I can go back to my C.J. Anderson eight. I can throw him out. So I got Hill, Crowell, Bernard. I'm going to go with Jeremy Hill here. This guy, he is a number one fantasy running back. We we had the issues last week. We had Gio Bernard taking the bulk of the work. That's not going to be common. For me, this is going to be Jamal Charles, Jeremy Hill. I love Crowell this week, but I don't think he has that high of a ceiling. I, I honestly don't. I think it's Hill. I guess it, I think he's got the same upside as a C.J. Anderson, Jair Bernard. You'd love to get him in the lineup. Maybe if he got a flex spot. Yeah, I never minded playing playing the two receivers. We have one in or the two running backs. I'm sorry, one in the running back spot and and one in the flex. I don't think you have. Maybe you can do that on what your flex situation is. But here, this is Jamal Charles and this is Jeremy Hill. All right, so here's tough. We got a bench one. Well, this isn't tough actually. Duke Johnson, David Johnson, Amir Abdullah, bench one. This is Duke Johnson. I think this is this is a lot of Isaiah Crowell today. I think it's a lot of struggling to move the ball with McCown, quite frankly. In fact, full prediction, I think we'll see Johnny Mandel come halftime of that game, quite frankly. Uh, David Johnson, a guy I'm real excited about. He's on my start list, and you guys have heard me go on and on about, about Abdullah. Sunday night prime time situation. So David Johnson and Amir Abdullah for me. Which one should I start here? Boy, I, every time I give a guy a start, it seems like in the mailbag we have 30 questions about it and make it, making me double double down on, on these predictions that really make it uh, keep me in check. So good job with that, guys. We have uh, Isaiah Crowell or Melvin Gordon. Which one do I start? Yeah, Melvin Gordon has showed some flashes. Danny Woodhead wasn't there, and they were feeding this kid the ball, I might be able to start getting in a little bit and saying, we're going to be all right with Melvin Gordon. Just be patient. Take your lumps here for a couple weeks. I like, I've said it. I won't rehash all the reasons. I like Isaiah Crowell this week. Melvin Gordon's going to keep working important work and goal line work to Danny Woodhead, which sounds strange that Danny Woodhead is almost your goal line guy, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride Isaiah Crowell in this matchup. Got a lot to start like this. I think we have a chat room either. I know how everybody feels. 
Never thought I'd say this, but who do I start between DeMarco Murray and Deion Lewis? I think it's Deion Lewis. I didn't think you'd ever have to say it. Either. You know, look, I didn't love the idea of DeMarco Murray heading to Philadelphia. I think all knew, everyone knew he was going to take a dip. I don't think, I'm not going to sit here and claim this is victory that I said, because I did, I said DeMarco Murray isn't going to be who he was, but I never thought it would have been this bad. I'm, if, when we're talking about C.J. Anderson, when we're talking about Gore, when you're talking about some of these guys that have, we were a little, we were excited about or intrigued about that haven't panned out, yeah, you have confidence that a lot of them can turn it around. I'm not that confident that DeMarco Murray turns this around. Now, this Philadelphia offense can get rolling a little bit. It just doesn't seem to be a fit for him. That line has been so bad. And look, let's let's be honest. Let's look back to last year. While Murray looked great every time he touched the ball, he was also a volume guy. He saw the ball so often. And how many times do we see these guys coming up 300-plus carries, 350-plus touches, that they take a big dip the next year? So we got that working against you. You're going from a Dallas offensive line that's one of the best I've seen in years to just do, just dog do there in Philadelphia. I don't know if they can get it better, but but it's certainly possible. I don't see the scenario where – in the passing game, it gets better for DeMarco Murray. And you've got Darren Sproles in that offense. So how much work can you see from Murray in the passing game? Now, even last week with his mighty .15 yards per carry average, Murray did average, did five catches for 52 yards. And I think that might be the ceiling for Murray in the passing game. When you have a Darren Sproles, how many pass plays are you going to call for DeMarco Murray? In a check situation, certainly. But he's not going to be on the field in those obvious passing situations when you have a Darren Sproles. So I'm not sure this gets a whole lot better. It can't get worse. Bad. He's not .15 yards per carry bad. I understand that. It's going to get better for DeMarco Murray, but I don't think it gets markedly better. And a guy like Deion Lewis, again, we all grit our teeth. We all pucker up and not with our mouths, if you know what I mean. When you start that New England running back, week he's going to go away and it, it possibly and could and should happen at some point but I'm going to take the risk there he's been such a big part of the offense and, and he's changed that that's who Deion Lewis is and we never had a ton of fear some but but less than we would have with the with the traditional running backs when we are talking about a when we're talking about a Shane Vereen style player in the offense Deion Lewis and Deion Lewis is doing it quite well. So I'm going to go with Deion Lewis here. Oh, where am I at on my question marks? I need to start two of these. Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Amir Abdullah. You guys are killing me this week. So Mike Evans, we know what he could be, know what he should be. I think Amari Cooper, he's a number one on this list. Love what I've seen out of Carr. Love what he's done. Cooper's been a target target hawk, which is what I like to see, and he has taken advantage of it. So I'm, I'm going to go Cooper. We'll just get him out of the way. So now it comes down to one between Evans, Watkins, and Bull. I'm going I'm to push Watkins out. I did you worry. As good as that offense has looked at times, as good as Tyrod Taylor has looked at times, I think uh, uh, a lower floor on a, on a guy like Sammy Watkins. 
you've heard me carry on and on about Amir Abdullah all morning, so we know how about him. And then Mike Evans, after taking the hook last week, coming out this day, all reports out of Tampa Bay is that he is an absolute full go, which is which is important because he can be a target hawk himself. Has the has the matchup this week uh, down in Houston? That is tough, and I think you see, I think you see JJ Watt just scare the rookie quarterback Jameis Winston to death. And I think I think that's the important part here. I think there's going to be limited field opportunities because they're going to have to design the offense to get it out quickly. I think a JJ Watt so into a rookie quarterback's head. So I'm going to go Amari Cooper and Amir Abdullah here. Yeah, I had to work my way through that one. But uh, in the chat room, would you hold on to Romo? I have Palmer as a backup, but we'll need another QB for a bye week. Yeah, yeah, that's so tough. I think, I think we'd have questions going forward if Romo was healthy. Should we start or Palmer? What a good uh, good problem to have, but <clears throat> can be frustrating. So it's a great job getting the backup there. Love having Carson Palmer going forward. Yeah, it's a generic answer. I guess it depends on what you have on. You know what? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to assume you have the room on your bench. Only you know whether or not you do. I'm going to assume you have the room and you can do it. I would hold on to Romo, and here's why. Because we are on the clock, and it's unfortunate. He's played so well, and this Arizona team looks so good. Waiting for Carson Palmer to go down. I hate saying it, and I hope it doesn't happen. I honestly, I love what this does for Larry Fitzgerald, what this does for the Duke or for the David Johnsons of the world. I love what I'm seeing here. But let, let's be honest, this is what we've gotten out of the last few years. He's so unlikely. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully for you there, Silent Assassin makes it till about eight more weeks till Tony Romo comes back and. And you're in excellent shape. So, but I think you almost have to, because assuming at some point Palmer's going to go down, then you're hopefully then Romo's back and you're looking there. So now if you don't have the space, I don't know what's out on the waiver wire. That's a decision you have to make there. Uh, Too bad you have uh, an IR spot. That's something I always push for in leagues. I don't have it a ton. For getting that IR spot. So I would, if you could, you hate carrying that third quarter for a week, but I, I think Noah Palmer's probably going to go down at some point. Yeah, it might be a wise decision to do that. All right, what are we here? Uh, about 10 after, so we'll go about 10 more minutes here. I'll try to get through all of these. I've got Carson Palmer and Newton. Who do I start tomorrow? All right, so we got Arizona hosting San Francisco, and uh, I just like who the other uh, who the other quarterback was was uh, 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 Cam Newton. Love Cam Newton's uh, matchup against New Orleans as well. Oh man, this is so tough. You know what? While Carson Palmer's healthy, I'm going to ride the hot hand. We saw Ben Roethlisberger just bury <laughs> that San Francisco defense after they looked so impressive. Bridgewater, but Carson Palmer has got it rolling right now. Sounds crazy to say. I'm going to go Carson Palmer right here. I'm going to play the hot hand. Cam Newton, you know, I love the matchup. These NFC South games can be so odd. You can see weird things. Cam Newton, still, he's not the threat to go out there and throw for 350 and three touchdowns. 
I don't necessarily like counting too much on on him having to run the ball. I think he's going to have the opportunity. I think Cam Newton did a big game this week. But Carson Palmer, I'm going to keep playing the playing the hot hand there. Who do I start this week? Moncrief or Mike Evans? I'll tell you what, for all the reasons we talked about Evans in that previous question, I'm just not sure how many downfield opportunities Tampa Bay is going to have. <laughs> just think, if you're Jameis Winston last night trying to go to bed, it's your rookie year, you had that awful first game, you had a little bounce back, you're reading your playbook, you're reading your game plan, and everywhere written, everywhere you look is J.J. Watt. That kid is just the absolute real deal. Almost wanted to hate him after after Hard Knocks because they just made it the J.J. Watt show and he just strode around and flexed for, for a month on camera. You almost want to hate him, but, but the guy is just as good as they come. So that being said, Mike Evans is going to have limited opportunities. Moncrief, I, I expect a big game from him this week, so that's Moncrief fairly easily. We have a flex non-PPR, Amari Cooper or Chris Ivory. PPR, I like Amari Cooper there. He's just seeing so much work. You you wonder, in theory, the Cleveland secondary should be tough, but but I love Cooper here. Ivory a little mixed up, sharing a little bit of work with Powell. Don't get me wrong, I still like Ivory this week, but I, I like Cooper big in this matchup. Back to the phones on the line. Oh, it looks like we might have Jersey calling again. Uh, Jersey, is that you, bud? Hello, guys. How you doing? It's Jersey here. Hey. My son is patrolling the township today. He's, he's been, you know, he's working as an officer. You know, he's he's uh, in, in town officer. Hey, he, he just uh, had a question for me. He's got Farky, right? But uh, he said we, we just dropped uh, the, the New Orleans kicker, picked up Robbie Gold. He's second week, uh-huh. before, but, the, but they don't have Cutler going on. Seattle could be pretty tough in Seattle. Would you take a chance and still use Parky? even though their offense is intact and Parky hasn't done anything, or should he start Robbie Gold? Sorry for the ticket question, but he's got everything else tweaked right now. He's about a two-point advantage, 154 to 152, so he needs everything this week. What's your feeling on yeah. that, guys? He just, <clears throat> yeah, this this is tough. Uh, boy, Robbie Gold, one of the best kickers in the league, and the Bears, one of the best stalling out. I don't yep. know how they move the. I don't know how they move the ball. You got Cam Chancellor back. I don't know how much he's going to play. How good he's going to look. Now that Seattle defense just got better, you, you're bringing in a Jimmy Clausen who's a disaster. Alshon Jeffries out. You know, the NFL today we don't see teams just get completely shut out very often. I think this is an opportunity that could happen. I I, I would look at would look at a parky here. I, I honestly would. I just don't know how much how much work. Chicago is going to have on the plus side of the 50-yard line. Just, I'm not right. sure. You know, parking makes you nervous, and it's another offense. It doesn't uh, doesn't blow your skirt up whatsoever if they can get it moving. But the way they're stalling out, and they got a tough matchup with the Jets. Yeah, I don't know if there's other guys out there. If he's got time, I know he's working. Maybe to even hit the waiver wire, somebody other than Parky. I don't know. But if I could sit gold, I think, yes, I would take Parky over gold. And there may be okay. something better on the waiver wire over. Yeah, because you just dropped that guy from New Orleans because he's struggling. That guy from New Orleans, they, they, you know. So, so Gold had the most because I picked up Brown during the week. It was between Brown and Gold that normally or the top two. And like I said, you got Ganone, but Ganone's missed three field goals, I believe. So you got you got Catanzo from uh, 
Arizona, but they do mostly touchdowns. So, like you said, it's like pick your poison right now. Again, you want the team that sputters between the 20 and the 40. You know what I mean? So you get the most of your stuff. So, it's like pick your poison. So, he picked up Paul, figured just have him on his bench at least, and then maybe see what happens because it is a tough matchup now. If just color is there, like you said, then maybe you could take a chance with Paul. They could move the ball a little bit and sputter, but. Yeah, with Chancellor back, like I said, it's a tough call. So I told him I'd reach out to him. I'll just tell him to leave Parkey, and then we'll do it that way there. Yeah, I, I think that's your safest bet. They've got, certainly got more opportunities on the plus side of the field. I don't see the Bears having that many opportunities, save a big place for today. And, and how many of those are you going to get? I just avoid the Bears today other than Matt Forte. If Bill Cutler comes back, I would avoid the Bears. I, mean, I think goal was a better pickup than keeping New Orleans, because New Orleans, like I said, you don't even have Breeze there. But I think going forward, once Cutler's back, Robbie Gold might not be a bad play. You know what I mean? Depending on how, how Park he does. So I'll oh, I love Robbie to... Gold. He, he doesn't miss. Absolutely. He never misses. Oh, and he's had six attempts for six, just like what is called did. My guy's nine for nine now, Brown. So they're the two leading guys. So you want guys whose team sputters, you know, and we get the bigger right, field goal. Right, exactly. We get, we get the five points. So, again, I'll tell him to keep Park in. I appreciate it very much, guys. Uh, sorry to buy but Junior had reached out to me on that, and I forgot. Oh. Appreciate it very much. No, Thank you. no problem. Thanks for calling back in, Jersey. All right, let's get uh... – Let's get any thought of Victor Cruz returning to form. He's on waivers. I'll tell you what, I have we've got a co-host in there. I wonder how that happened. Interesting. Anyhow, we've got uh, Victor Cruz. Does he return to form? I've gone out and picked up a lot of Victor Cruz. Now, problem is, I think what happens when he comes back, he frees things up, and Odell Beckham has, has to be Odell Beckham does what Odell Beckham did the second half last year when he just took the league by storm. But we saw in the right matchup what Ruben Randall was able to do. If Victor Cruz is actually healthy, which is a big if because we haven't seen it, haven't seen it thus far. But if he's back and healthy, that, that can, teams are going to have to make a decision. Are you going to try to completely take out Odell Beckham? Then Victor Cruz has huge opportunities. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and mm, – yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on what you're having to give up, Cruz, he's going to have opportunities. I think it's going to be spotty games. We're going to have to find the right matchups. But yeah, I, I like Victor Cruz going forward. I picked him up in uh, two or three. You can actually know when he's coming back. Uh, what do we have? Mike Evans or Allen Robinson on PPR? <laughs> Most weeks for for me, uh, th- this would be tough. I'm all in on Allen. This week, I love what he's seen. I'm all in on Allen Robinson most weeks, if not all weeks, quite frankly. I like what I've seen out of Bortles. Game, obviously, this week going against New England. Could be playing from behind. I hate too much, but it happens. And, and in talking about Mike earlier, we, we have the fear week of just an inability for the, for Tampa Bay and for the rookie quarterback, Winston, to work it down the field. Robinson, an absolute target hawk at big time. He's the first option. I think Bortles is starting to turn the corner here early early in his sophomore season. So Allen Robinson, probably most weeks, depending on matchup, but but certainly this week. Uh what we got here? I'm gonna go about uh I'll tell you what, I'm gonna get one more question in. I'm gonna dip out early, uh waiting for my phone to ring here on the local radio. Let's uh let's get to a good one here. Uh I'm starting James Jones and Jordan Matthews. Who do I put in my flex? Deion Lewis, Terrence Williams, or Eric Decker if he's a go? 
Eric Decker is not a go. This is Deion Lewis, real easy. I'm a boy. We talked about it earlier. I'm a boy in Terrence Williams. I always understand the the consternation with Deion Lewis in that New England backfield, but we talked about that. So uh, pick three. This will be the last one. Powell, Ivory, James Jones, Starks, Lynch, or C.J. Anderson. So I think the Lynch question was they said it would be a go today. He may see a bit of a limit in his workload, and they're going to be early. I think you got to go with Lynch. So I'm going to eliminate Starks. I don't want to Monday night knowing what that situation is going to be. How Ivory, that's tough. Uh, I've recommended James Jones all day, so I'm going to stick with that James Jones. So for me, it comes down to Ivory or C.J. Anderson. Boy, here we go again. <laughs> oh, New York going against Philadelphia. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go. I'm going to shoot for the moon here. You got Lynch, you got James Jones. I assume that's a flex. So I'm assuming you're looking for another running back here. I'm going to shoot for the moon. I'm going to give C.J. Anderson one more shot here. I saw somebody say in the chat room, and I agree 100%. I think Ivory's going to go, but he's going to be limited at best. Powell's going to see a lot of – you're going to see that work split 50-50. I don't want to count on a long run. So if I'm going to go in, I'm going to be gritting my teeth. I'd rather grit my teeth with C.J. Anderson than with Chris Ivory. So that's it. I'm going to have to wrap it up a little early here. Thanks to everyone for bearing with me as I ride solo today. Hope it, uh, hope it wasn't too awful. Hope you, <laughs> hope you can get through it. Hopefully Rick's, uh, Rick's getting his, uh, his issues in, in order. He's got, uh, I'm not sure we've talked about it on the show, but Rick is in, I'll say it. I won't give too much detail. But Rick's in the process of starting a business right now. He's trying to get it. <clears throat> he's trying to get it opened up here in the next couple of weeks. So he's been really busy. I know we went through it last year where I was uh, I was switching jobs, and so Rick carried the mantle. I'm happy to do it here. So that, that's what's going on. Oh, I think Rick has some. All right, so that's all, that's all we'll get out of Rick this week. So hopefully uh, he'll get himself squared away, and he'll be back real soon. I appreciate everyone, everyone sticking with me, bearing with me this week. Had a great time. Check out AsylumFantasySports.com. Each and every day of the week, great great content out there. We got Scott Fisher, our buddy Ty Miller with the Bull Rush Podcast. We got Fan Sports Ranch with my boy Chris Howe. We've got the Fantasy Football Consistency Show with Bob Long. You have the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show every Wednesday. So appreciate you checking all that out. We will be back on Wednesday. We will break all this down. We will game ball stinky socks. A lot of fun. Thanks to everyone for listening. One o'clock Eastern on Saturday, Silent Fantasy Sports Show on the Fantasy Sports Network, fantasysportsnetwork.com. All you guys in the New York area, Cablevision Channel 147. Till Wednesday, we'll see you.